Welcome to Catfish Weekly. Along with James Smith, I'm Lyle Stokes. And tonight, Mark with Catfish and Crappie is going to help us out again. Bless his heart. And we have a special guest, David Martin. Welcome to the show, David. We're so happy to have you on here. James, James we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. I'm not going yes, to do sir. a whole lot, but I know you can do it. You and Mark's been tearing it up the last few weeks, and, man, it just makes things go really good. But I did want to stop in and tell everybody that I'm doing really good and appreciate all the messages and phone calls and emails and stuff that I get. It makes the makes a world seem like it's in the right perspective when that stuff happens. So thank you guys so much. And um, I'm going to turn it over to you now, James, and let you take off. Yep. Well, Welcome to Catfish Weekly, all my American catfishing friends, male and female. Mark, appreciate you coming in. There's always you, stepping up. Always you do make it easy. Uh, well, we do have a special guest, a friend of mine also, a Carolina boy that's sitting out here. Going to talk a little bit about Bay Tank, his fishing style, and the things that he does. Uh, and I appreciate him coming in and joining us. Uh, so, Mark, how's your week been going so far? Uh, it's been pretty good. Went fishing this weekend with Hook Catfish. We had a blast. He put us on some really big catfish. Uh, he did a little better than us. The wind was pretty bad. Waves were like two and three feet. So, uh, what was it, 38 degrees most of the day? Fish didn't bite until the sun came, went away. Uh, but uh, it ended on a good note. We got uh, we got one big one at 21 pounds, big channel cat. So, uh, I was happy oh, to get God, out there and witness you. that. Yep. They were bigger. We had a bigger one on that uh, that got off. So we're going back. Maybe this weekend we'll we'll check it out. I wish Mendota wants a cotton pig at four. I'd love to come join y'all up there for that day. Um, yeah, big channels. I'm, I'm going to post the event probably in the next day or so. Uh, with I'm gathering up some information on where people are going to stay or camp, and uh, we're going to take it from there. So if you go to the page, uh, um, we'll, we'll have that information. F- for you we'll be able to let you uh say if you're interested or if you're going and we'll get a tally of all the people that are heading up but uh i know a bunch of people that are going to come from the youtube community it should be a real good time all right let's call out a few names on here before we get too far into the show give a a thank you for everybody i see mo creek avid creole fin seeker for some reason my computer's not letting me zoom all the way back to the top so if i miss somebody i'm sorry addicted to fins there's Miss D in there, John Patrick Jr. Uh, I thought I seen the third in here a minute ago. There's Brandon Cross and Muskrat. Uh, I see Creole Catfishing and Cindy Stokes. I see Danny S. Free. Uh, Dieter Milhard Fishing's in today. Mike Sean Greenwell. And there's Pappy. Sean from Great Outdoors Exploring. Uh, Kevin Baker's in there. LG Bass. What's going on, Tom? The norms in here, Mr. James Dockery's already in here stirring up a little mess. <laughs> we got Mike, Mike Greenwell, who's going to be on my show this Friday. We got uh, Mike Sampson, also goes by Sampy. I see Missouri Creek fishing. What's going on, Robert? Great outdoors exploring, uh, guys. If we miss your names. We do yep. apologize. I uh, see a couple more. I see Stan. I see Palmetto Cats, uh, Northeast. Uh, we got a lot of people. Shameless fishing. Skip Stewart in the house. Great. And uh, Sonny Cat, Nabler Parker. What's up, Sonny Parker? How are you, man? Yeah, uh, Lyle said he kind of put his surgery off to, I think, the eighth. Uh, so uh, we got you in our prayers, my friend. Hope Excellent. it goes good for you. 
Uh, oh, I see hooked catfishing in there too. I want to give a shout out to Jonathan. Thanks again for yesterday. It was awesome. Uh, if you guys get a chance, check out his channel. You see some big channel cats on there in the last few videos. Check it out. Man, I'm gonna tell you what. I know David. He can tell you we miss him old big channels. We used to be able to get some not that size channels all the time, but we used to get some decent channels here in the Carolinas. Back 35 years ago, there was some nice ones in there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I caught on that little bitty rod on my Facebook page down there the other morning. That's a good size channel catfish for wildlife. Oh yeah, Danny, we do appreciate that, buddy, Thank on the you. super sticker. We do appreciate it. Well, David, we appreciate you coming in and joining us tonight, buddy. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna pick your brain a little bit. Uh, some of the different techniques and stuff that you use uh, as far as lake fishing. Uh, talk a little bit about your bait tank. You set up a little bit different than most people do, uh, and so I like to kind of let you elaborate a little bit on that. Mark, you got any questions you want to start him off with right I, quick? I, I got a lot of flathead questions, bait tank questions. I'll let you guys talk about that for a little bit, and then we'll move into what we use that bait tank for. How's that sound? There you go. Go ahead. I'll let you start out with a few questions because uh, I know okay. David and I know how he fishes and stuff, so uh, I'll All right. let you well, pick his brain a little let's bit. Talk, let's get that bait tank uh, uh, questions answered. How many gallons are you running there? It looks like one of them big uh, totes, right? Yeah, that's one of those 275-gallon totes. Mm-hmm. And I've got about a, about a 50 gallons worth of biologicals here with live plants growing in it. Okay. Water rock, and I've got a UV sterilizer on it, kill the parasites. Because uh, I keep my fish in here for a long time. Uh, I've got like 60 fish in there, and I don't want to worry about the water going bad. Absolutely. That, bio, that biological load can get heavy real quick, especially if you're feeding the fish, right? Do you feed them? I do feed them because I might not fish for, you know, days and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so I do throw a little bit of food in there, not a lot. Oh, uh, now I've got a canister filter back there that I keep messing with carbon in it. It's kind of okay. Yeah, and they do really, they're doing really well. I mean, got a lot of aeration in the tank. Uh, cool. And you keep then the pH <laughs> kind of self balances itself through all that processing. I add some chemicals to it that do that. And then, use like a better bait or a. Or a G fluid when it used like a better bait or what is that? The well, I first started, I first started, I put some of that G juice in there just to kind of okay. give it a little bit of a kickstart. Uh, I can move my phone here and try to do this without losing anything, and I'll kind of show it to you. All okay. right, if you do, if you do, just come on back. We'll we'll, we'll get you back. Here. Can you see it? I, I know the people in the chat they like to see that stuff. So do I. Ah, that's pretty sharp, pretty nice. Looks like you got her finished off real nice. So it's. How is the, the plumbing and the other modifications you had to do? Is that difficult, or is that something that anybody here in chat can do? I just bumped the tank and, you know, drilled a hole in the side here for the overflow. So when it got mm -hmm. so high, it would run down and out that little filter sock and kind of clean the water a little bit. Then I did the same thing with the canister filter, you know. Um, and, and, of course, everything is filtered through the carbon. And if you take a look up inside the tank, you can see all the bait in there. It's pretty happy. Yeah, that's good. That's that gets me kind of excited. The only thing more excited than actually being out fishing is having bait to go out fishing, if you ask me. It's always good to have that at home so you can well, get up and go. I like to fish at night. I'm going to put this phone back without breaking mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. I, just, I, don't, I like to fish at night. That's why a lot of people don't see me in the music at nighttime. I just don't like the crowds. Uh, they just... I, I just can't deal with it anymore. I, I get it. It's when all the traffic dies down. It's a little, you know, a little easier to stay on stay on anchor absolutely you know running over you and everything else and 
In the wintertime, I'll go down there during the day. Yeah, that's the time to go. That's when everybody's got their boat, especially here. That's when everybody has their boats put away, and no one's out there jet skiing or water skiing. So yeah, I'm sure everybody can understand that. So uh, what kind of fish you uh, keep in your bait tank usually? What's your favorite kind of bait? What kind of bait do you use that you like better than another? I usually go to Lake Norman, and I'll catch me fifty or sixty perch. But they're just bigger perch up there, uh-huh. and um, pretty easy to find and catch. And then I've got a whole bunch of spotted bass in there while I catch while I'm fishing because they just kind of get mixed in with them. Let me, re, let me reiterate this, David. In the state of North Carolina, we can use game fish as long as we catch them with hook and line mm-hmm. and count them as part of our krill and their legal limit. For largemouth and spotted bass, we can keep two fish under 14, three fish over 14. So that's your legal krill. I thought the spotted bass on Lake Norman especially had a little bit different limit because they're trying to clean them out a little bit. They might have on yeah. the spot. They yeah, they're, they're, they're doing that. Yeah, they're doing that in a lot of lakes these days. Where you know, when there's problems with the water or water levels or such, they want they want to get some use out of those fish. So if they're overrun too, so that's happening in a lot of places. I've been reading. Well, the spotted bass reproduce quick. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I usually don't take but maybe one with me. I don't want to deal with it. Uh, you know, being bothered about it. I, of course, I haven't seen a game one going. Lake Wiley in years. Peter said there's no limit on spotted bass. Yeah, that's okay. what I thought on Lake on Lake on Lake Norman. They tried to get them out of there. Now I don't know about right. when you carry them over Wiley. Now I don't know about that. Right. Yeah, now, how big a spotted bass you use for bait? If you don't mind me asking. You what? How big are the spotted bass that you like to use for bait? Those in there are probably twelve inches long. Okay. So a little yeah, bit bigger. I'm to have anyway. I just take a couple of one, but I'll take a few crappies with me, and I take basically Them crappie are good bait. We can't use them. Well, we we kind of can use them here. There's all sorts of stipulations, but I know they're really the big cats. Really love that crappie. We, we can use them here too, but you got to keep the carcass, and it's got to be you know X amount of land. You know, I usually just play them and. Mm-hmm. Keep I ain't gonna lie. There's been times when I've been down there in the middle of the night and it's foggy and you can't see the front of the boat, and I've used the crappy kit. I know you're not supposed to do that, but I've done it. Yeah, you, you know that brings up a good point. Boat, you know, people people who have uh, bait tanks uh, uh, or want to have bait tanks, one of the benefits is even if you're using cut bait, you, you keep it fresh longer, and you're going to get better better results with it. I'm a firm believer in that. So you brought up a good point there. I want to make sure the people in chat realize that bait tanks aren't just for live bait fishing. It's it's good to keep that bait alive until you cut it as far as I'm well, concerned. Yeah, if I go down there and I decide I want, like I crappy fish when I catfish because I like to fish around structures in the point. So, you know, I got this super bright light on my boat. I mean, it's like an LED panel. It likes it up like a football field. And then overcast into the water, and I get all the bait fish swimming around. I just let rods hang over the side, and I usually catch a couple dozen crappy while I'm catfishing at night. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah, I'll throw some of them in, bring them home, and throw them in here. So uh, you just you just killed that old wise tale that it's got to be dark to catch catfish. No. No. <laughs> I like I like fishing in the dark, but I'll try to light and try to crappie fishing while I'm doing it. I've never tried that, so that'd be cool to, to give a shot. So but you can get the heck out of crap. I mean, if you put that light out, you don't have to go hunt them. They'll come to the boat. Yeah, on my Facebook page, some of you have seen it where I posted pictures of all them shad and swimming under my boat. Millions of them. 
So yeah, uh, do you use one of those green lights that you drop in the water as well? No, I got this thing. I hate to keep leaving the screen. I'm going to leave the screen. Another batch. I get it out of my boat. I got one of these things. Uh, they're like 50 bucks. Oh, let me see if I can hook it up. They're like $50 on, uh, on Amazon, and it's got an LED panel on it. I see. I, I think I saw a post where you posted it. If I turn that thing on, you know, I can adjust it to 100%, whatever. You can see how bright it is. Yeah, it's bright. They'll wash you out pretty good. So, you know, I've I run that 12 foot up in the air, and the bugs go way up there, and it lights up the boat like a like, like a football field. But And that overhead light's nice. You know, I have uh, uh, LEDs run around the whole perimeter of my boat. It really blows my night vision. So having that light above you is probably a good idea. Yes, sir. I bought two or three of them, and then Big Nasty came over here at the house the other day with Plant Hill, and he saw it, and he went and bought him two of them. Speaking of Big Nasty, I think I, I think I saw Big Nasty in the chat. Um, seeing the weekend angler in the chat. Just want to make sure Richard Ward just popped in. And SK's crappie catching adventure. How you doing, SK? Big Nasty don't mess around. He saw that light and he ordered it on the way. He done had it ordered before he left here. And the next day I turn on the his Facebook page. He's got a whole truck of these totes in his driveway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a good old boy. Now, now, David, let's go back to your bait tank a little bit. Let's talk about your plants and your biofilter and stuff. Um, you using submerged and floating plants in there, and the roots actually do all the work. Well, like any aquarium, I mean, I used to have 250-gallon saltwater aquariums in the house, so I understood biological. Right. But if you put plants in the sun, that's the proper word for, for an aquarium, They'll grow and absorb all the nitrates out of the water. They'll right. keep the water too. So they'll filter a lot of the waste out of the water. Um, the roots don't do anything. It's the actual plant itself absorbing it into the leaves and everything. Right. And if you have a lot of rocks in there and, you know, to hold, to hold the biological uh, bacteria. Gotcha. So and I keep you use 24-7, so the plants always got light 24-7. Right. So you're using lava rocks to, uh, for your biomass. Got lava rocks. I've got uh bio balls in there. Um and that's mainly the stuff that's in there for the you know for the rock part. Get that now good bacteria, get that good right. bacteria growing in there, help dissolve some of that ammonia, yeah, correct? If you, get enough, right. if you get enough of it, what goes on up here won't be near as much trouble. Mm -hmm. right. Absolutely. I mean, I do a water whenever I whenever I go fishing. That's when I do my water change. I'll take two five gallon buckets of water out here, dump it in my air in my live in my live well on the boat. And my boat has an air aerates itself, and I'll turn that on, and then I'll put the new water in here. Gotcha. That makes sense. Now, uh, I want to see that. I want to see the filters uh, again, David, if you don't mind. And and while you're doing it, explain a little bit about your UV the UV filter system. Can y'all see that? Uh, yes, turn it down. Can. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Now we got you. Yeah, you can see the bio balls and the rocks and the plants growing. And um, there's a couple of bluegills in there too. But then I got a filter sock, which those things and will get they they take out a lot of junk. They'll turn plum black in a day or two. I'll show right. you one right here. This is one that was in there that I hadn't washed yet. I mean, they get filthy. You can see how filthy they get. Oh yeah. yeah. 
and I can just throw them away. I mean, I rinse them out. I don't throw them away and then put them back on there. But a lot of that junk that would wind up in your filters and everything winds up in here and you can get rid of it. Yeah, get that first. I always run my, I, I run through my filter in a, like a waterfall type deal. And then I'll just lay some filter mats right, right at the bottom of it. So that kind of helps get the final uh, garbage out of there. So it is a UV sterilizer and, you know, it, it takes care of a lot of the parasites and, Stuff like that that would you know the fish may have on them. Um, now, if somebody in chat wanted to start their own bait tank, would they, would they necessarily need to get that complicated of a setup, or could they just? Well, this, just this, this, really, this is really not what you'd call complicated. It's pretty basic, really. Uh, okay. You see, I got a big air stone in there too, making a lot of bubbles. Uh, that helps definitely. <laughs> yeah, you can see them all scattered. There's fish everywhere in there, but. Uh, you know, that's that's pretty I mean you go these things here you can pick them up for fifty dollars. Uh, this one here had detergent in it and I Clorox it out and cleaned it. Uh, I mean the filtration system I probably and all everything you see here I probably got four hundred dollars in the whole thing. Gotcha. So it's not that bad. I did have everything in one of those hundred gallon horse troughs that you feed the horses. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't keep many fish in there. It just it just wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. And then, uh, actually, Matthew Anthony is the one that started this. It went from Matthew Anthony. I saw his, and I had to have one. Then it went from me to Big Nasty. Now he's got one. So, But that's the first time I'd ever thought about using a tote, and that's when I jumped out of the 100-gallon tank that I was using. Yeah, it's a... Uh... The filters, I mean, we, I've seen a lot of people, they use them uh, water hyacinth. They, you can actually go down to your lake, like during the summer or something, and get you some of the hydrilla, which is great because it's a submerged uh, vegetation. And there's how many different type of vegetation are you using? Two, three, four? So I you kind of cover the bases. I got like four different species of plants in there, and I got some of those bamboo bamboos in there. Right, but I like I want to keep everything down there too. I don't want it to get up here because I don't want to take some weed down to the lake and cause the lake to start growing some kind of right plant or whatever. Right. Yeah, so, make sure don't need them uh, water hyacinths on Wiley. Then things grow like crazy. Yeah, no, nothing that I have in here can get up there because of all the filters that would have to go. Through. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, very cool. No, catfish head hunters, the the plants actually add oxygen to your water. It takes out the nitrates. And takes, uh, out, the, takes out the nitrates and uh it, it really does make a big difference. I mean, if you have just plants in there alone and nothing else, and, and let all that water just flow through the plants, that bacteria will grow, you know, attach them plants too. Yeah, you I mean without the UV, you'd actually have to probably have a bigger a bigger tote with more plants in it for however many fish you decide to, to keep. Yeah, the UV doesn't really help. The UV doesn't really do much for the biological part of it. It just kills any parasites from your back. Mm -hmm. It might be on the but, fish. But it all works hand in hand. Yeah, and it helps keep the water clear too, you know. Right. You oh, yeah. Yeah, you get like a bacteria bloom in there or something where the bacteria explodes, you know, it'll clear your water back up. It's basically an aquaponic system, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my big nasty doesn't start naming his, so I don't think he's gonna fish with him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, 
All right, David, let's take back. Go ahead and tell the people what kind of boat you got so we can go through some of your ba- the basic questions right quick. And uh, I know you're proud of that new, that new polished up boat. Yeah, I've got one of the Pro Guide 175. And I really like it. It's got a lot of room in it. Um, I had, I've had too many boats in my lifetime. But this, and I bought one of those trackers, Grizzly 1860s. It had the pontoons on the back of it. Right. A real stable boat, but I just wasn't comfortable being down there at night. And I just want the sides were low. And mm-hmm. this boat right here, I don't worry about it because the sides are real high. I mean, I just fall asleep in this thing. If I'm tired, I don't care. So I just I got this boat because I wanted I wanted the V hole back again because the modified V still beats you to death. Right. Well, I, you know the tracker the tracker boats don't do the best job with their modified V. It's more flat bottom than it is anything. Than anything. Yeah, I mean some of your better quality aluminum boats do a better job with their modified Vs. The tracker does. This guy, this boat here, I just got it because I wanted the stability. I wanted the high sides. More because I stay out there at night. I just want to feel safe. So how long have you had it? This one here about four months. Four months now. I know. I know. I saw some videos. You set up the electric anchor and a bunch of stuff, which was pretty cool. How's that electric anchor working? Thirty-four gallon line well in the back too. I can put some pretty big fish in it. How's that electric anchor working for you? Well, I like. I didn't like them at all when I first got them because my expectation was I could just mash the button back up. Uh But. The string kind of wrap itself back in there, and then down becomes up. It's really getting irritating. So uh, what I found out that I needed to do was just get the string out on one of them first, and then start backing up and get it tight. Mm-hmm. And got a remote, and I just let it out, and I back up. But you got to keep that rope tight, and it'll get start wrapping itself back wrapping up. Itself back up. And then once you get the front one out far enough, you can drop this one straight down, and just start. And then you just start mashing, and pulling that one in while this one goes out. It's really it's been a saver on my back and my arm because I, I just smashed the button and they come up out of the water. Um, you just got to figure out how to use them. At first, I was like really didn't like it the first day. Uh-huh. But now yeah, they really help out. Yeah, especially I had all that shoulder surgery years ago. I don't want to be sitting there. Fifteen times a day. So you you have the electric anchor. You you did the larger bait tank. What other kind of modifications? And the light. What other kind of modifications have you no, done already? No, really. I mean, uh, I, I've got the uh, auto the uh, power drive. You know, trolling motor, which gives me the spot blocking GPS. But nothing really. And I took that off my other boat. It was that's why I bought it because there was nothing for me to do to it. Play a story. And what what kind yeah. of rod holders are you running? Uh, I use those uh, rock craft, these guys here, and uh, I just like them because I can slide them up and down my old tracks. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, those are the synthetic ones, correct? It's kind of hard to see. Yeah, synthetic ones, and I like them because I, I can slide them up and down the track, and I've got like two of them up here, and I've got a bunch of them over there in the compartment, and I can just easily move them around. Well, I know you catch big fish too, and I know people are worried with those synthetic ones about them holding up. How do they hold up to the big fish? You saw them flatheads on my Facebook page. They don't even move them things. They don't even move them, huh? No, uh, they don't. Do, I mean, they're not going to tear them up. Like at one time, that one flathead in my video that I posted the other week, it's giving me a fit, getting into everything. I just reached over here and grabbed these things and just throw them off the side. That way I didn't have them in my way, you know. That, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh... Uh, yeah, no, uh, Carl Wales. 
Yeah, Carl Well wants to know, is that one of the, the Patriot bobbers hanging on a rod behind you? It is. I, I, yeah. David bought the first eight bobbers that went out of my place, guys. That one of them sure did. That's collector's item right there. That's one of the first ones. Yeah, that's one of the first ones right there. Now, let's go ahead and uh, since I know Mark is uh, wanting to know about these flatheads, we mainly fish out here in lakes. Uh, now, there's a couple lakes that we have that does get some pretty good current in it, like Baden and a few others can get some uh, river current in them. Uh, so Baden can get some real mean current in it at times, but mainly we lake fish around here. Uh, so, David, take us um, – what you prepare and what you start looking for when you're planning on and saying if you want to target flatheads on wild. Well, that, that day I was on your show that I caught the five of them. Caught the one on your show. Right. I was actually fishing a point. I I, tar I don't fish out of the main lake much for them. I go back in these secondary coves and channels, and I like to fish the point. So there's a couple of places I really like to fish. You got a bunch of structure and rocks out on the point, and then when you come into off the main channel. There's a cove that goes back into another cove, and then there's a big pocket where there's shallow water. And I like to get over when the wind's blowing towards me. It'll blow all that bait fish up in there. And I'll usually just fish both sides of those rocks and those logs. Um, that one I got hung in that video that night couldn't get out of them rocks. I had one on this side of the rock and one on that side of the rock. I caught that fish. This fish took the bait real slow back into them rocks. But uh, I like fishing the points. I bass fished that lake for 20 years before I started catfishing. And I just keep going back to those same spots because I know where those trees and stumps and, and, and there's fish there. Um, you know, you bring up points, and I have actually had a question, so I'm going to ask this to you. Um, uh, you know, you can see visible points above when you got points of land coming out. What about points underwater where you have like humps and stuff that, that are hidden? Do they produce just as well for you? I haven't really been on tried to fish the humps for flatheads. I usually go straight back into those secondary channels and look for those points. And okay. if it's got if there's a ledge there and there's some structure and there's another cove going off to the side, I'll sit right there all day and fish. And sometime during the day, those fish will come through there. And that's usually when I one day I sat there all day, and four or five hours, nothing. All of a sudden, two rods went down. It was two thirty over thirty pound flatheads. I just picked them on my Facebook, holding them up. And then a little bit later on, I caught another big one. It was like thirty eight pounds, and I caught that twenty eight pounder on James's show. And I literally sat there all day and didn't move. And all of a sudden, bang! Here they come. So, yeah, if you know where they're going to call the blue right did you have do you have an idea that they come in there to feed at night or were you just kind of like trying it for the first time? No, that's the way I always fish for them. There's a couple the yeah, there's a cut uh, Dieter knows where it's at probably, but there's a code right across from the Belmont Landing. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. you go straight across from the Belmont Landing and go in that little code right there. I caught two fish close to 40 pounds in there. That one I had the big old head held up, but I didn't weigh. Uh -huh. Come out of that cove. Just set, I just sat in that cove. It was real quiet at night, and just and that fish. I looked out in the line, the tip of the rod. I mean, you don't even hardly sometimes see them bite. Yeah, crazy. you see the little dance going on. Definitely. I looked over, and the line was was over here, was over there. Next thing I know, it's over here. But it took it like ten minutes to get over there. 
So you're basically not one of them guys that moves every 15 minutes, 30 minutes. You kind of know where the fish are going to end up. You hunker down and there you stay. Huh? I, don't, I don't move. I don't, I don't drift. I don't, I don't have any planer boards. All them fish you see on my Facebook page are me sitting there waiting. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's a uh, some people say, well, that's a lazy fishing, but to me, that's more precise fishing. You're you're actually picking yeah. out a great spot that you know that there's going to be a transitional place that the fish are going to come in to feed or leave out of from feeding. Uh, you got structure. You got a good transitional point around the point, uh, always baiting that area. We, I know where you're at. So yeah, the wind blows. The wind blows a lot of bait in there, and if you look on the graph, the wind's clearly blowing it in there. So yeah, when, once you get all that figured out, uh, one one of the first places I used to like anchor up and stay at fishing back when I first started flathead fishing were choke points because they got to get through there. Once you figure out where the bait are, where the bait is, and what they're smashing them, which I think exactly what you you've done, uh, I think that's a good place to start for a lot of people who are just getting flathead fishing. Get on there. Yeah, and if you're fishing at night and you put out that light after about an hour, if you take some minutes with your jigs, you can sit there and catch all the crap you want to catch. You want because you notice, you'll see I post a lot of crappy too, and that's because I'm sitting there waiting on a catfish, and I'm sitting there. Of course, I got that big channel catfish that weighed, it was huge, off that little tiny rod fishing for crappy. But, uh -huh. but uh, I just sat there and catch crappies off the side of the boat while I'm, you know, if I hear a drag take off, I'll go, go get it. That sounds like fun. Catch two fish, two kinds of fish. That's right. Now, now, you was telling me there's another lake that I need to go with you to catch some good channels. What lake, lake is that? Lake Rutt Road, yes. There's some big ones in there. You saw that big one I caught on Lake Hickory. It's a pretty good yeah. size channel. That's just one river down. Right. Uh, that, is, uh, that lake doesn't have a lot of blues in it. It does, but there's not a lot of them. Or not big ones anyway, but it has a lot of channel cats in there. That might be a... Somebody had a question and I missed it. I'm looking at it too. I did see. Uh, I did see Jr. pop in. I see Fishing with Squirrel popped in. Thanks for uh, for coming in the show. Uh, we got 84 people watching, which is great. Big Slim 91, welcome. Uh, let's see. Junior Proctor's in the house with us tonight. Junior Proctor, I, I did miss it. I'm sorry, Junior. New school fishing. Uh, that's Jr. So yeah. I see uh, Howard Diggs Jr.'s in the house. Guys, if you see some new faces and some new names, or or if you're not subscribed to somebody that's in chat, go check them out, check out their channel, and share the bait up with them. Now, Dave, you tell you, the reason why you say you picked those secondary channels was one of the main reasons to get out of the, the mayhem that can be out on the main lake. Yeah, so was there a specific to... reason why you chose to go back in them areas? Well, because I, because I, those fish, those fish travel up and down. The water's not as rough out there. It's calmer and it's usually back there. And, and, you know, on those points, they hold a lot of bait. A lot of those fish will move back in the back of those coves to eat that shallow water as they come out and they pass by. I like to be sitting there when they come. Or I got to step away a minute. Okay. Fantastic. And when they come through those little smaller areas in those channels, I like to be sitting there because they got to pass by there. 
Yep, they got to go through those choke points. They get funneled in there. That's that's a great tactic to use. And I, found, uh, I found more of those flatheads back in those secondary creek channels than I have out in the main room. Of course, you know, I, I see Matthew Anthony catching them out there drifting. So, I mean, they're out there. Yeah, the, the the drifting. I see guys catching them drifting or, or dragging baits or something. But uh, I think uh, uh, the way you go about it is 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 a little more uh, productive. And I do see your buddy Flint Hill catfishing in the in the house. You said hello. Uh, let's see who else is in here. And Cat Kings just popped in too. Hey guys. Um. So when you're looking for places to fish, do you do you fish Wiley mostly, or do you go to other bodies of water? Do you try new bodies? I go to Norman usually to get my bait. Because mm -hmm. I just there's I can find perch up there a lot easier. They're a lot bigger, and I can catch a whole lot of them spotted bass while I'm up there. And I, I caught a actually I caught a nice flathead in this nice little Flint Hill uh, church. Uh -huh. I was out there fishing, so I, I fished for them up there too, but not like I do on Wiley. Hickory I hadn't fished in years, and I thought I'd try it again. And I wasn't. It was just a mud hole. Yeah. Uh, they look like somebody look like soup out there when Usually I go to Wiley. Just nobody sees me because I go at nighttime. And nighttime, yeah. So how long do you spend out there uh, on a typical night, and how often do you go a week? I went out there Saturday night, five o'clock, and I didn't leave the lake until ten o'clock the next morning. Ten o'clock the next morning, yeah. That, that makes for a good night, man. That, that's kind of how I like to fish. <laughs> so what? You, what are your favorite setups uh, as far as you know, uh, hook line? Uh, I use this Carolina rig with the egg sinkers. With the egg sinker, just Carolina rig and being yeah, in the lake for that one. Yeah, and I really got attached to this whisper seeker line. Fishing line. Mm -hmm. I, that's, I about switched almost everything over to it with the whisper seeker rods, and I've got 7,000. I got a whole bunch of these little 7,000 with the catfish logo on them. Oh, those are nice. The newer I ones. Really, I really, really, really like that whisper seeker fishing line. And you do, I see I see a peg float on there, so you do suspend your baits? Occasionally, occasionally. Yeah. But you know what, you can't pull a fish with laying on the bottom. You know, you know I, I, when I like to see flatheads off of it, just lay it on the bottom and I do it as float. The only, you know when I like using um, uh, peg floats and such is when I'm using bullheads. It keeps them from hiding in the rocks. Other other than that, if it's it's on a line and it's sitting on the bottom, I find that flathead find them as well, so. Now, do you like your bait to be struggling all night? You like to see that rod twitching? Are you yeah. switching baits out when they stop? That's my question. No, I mean, no, not really. I mean, like that caught that flathead when James was on James' show. I, I caught it off a little brim head. I put, left it on her and cast it back out there and catch another one on it. What's wrong with it? So, I, I mean, I'll change my bait out after it's been out there a couple hours, but I'm not constantly changing it. Every t I can't count how many times that I've got ready to pull it up or got ready to leave. Like that night, I got ready to leave the other week when I had them flathead videos where I caught that big old flathead. I was fixing to leave, and about 30 minutes later, both them rods were down, and it was on a bait that had been out there for three hours. So, I think if they come by and they're hungry, they'll eat it. They'll eat it. It's good. Yeah, every time I catch one of them big ones, if you'll notice, it's on like a little tiny brim. barely any jewels and eyeballs on there. I think I said this last week. Elephants eat peanuts. They're always eating little perch heads. They don't. Very seldom ever get one on the body. It's always on the head. On the head. Yep. I'll get the blues on the body. I got a pair of these. 
Now, I don't really want to climb up in the boat, but I got a big pair of them one-sided cutters. It's flat on one side. It's got a blade. Mm-hmm. I'll snap them fish heads that are snapped their head off and then cut their body up. I don't. I throw the guts and all out there. Uh, somebody wanted to know when you're anchor fishing, David, how long you let your bait set before you bring them in and check and make sure that, or rebait. I've let them set out there a couple hours without messing with them. You know, and so I've that the flatheads I caught that night have been sitting out there. Those brim heads have been sitting out there for three hours. So it is yeah, cool. I talked to you. I talked to you when you was getting out there getting set up and so you didn't let them sit there, but by the time you come on the show, they're still out there. They were still out there. And I put that flathead on your show, that, about that 20-pounder, I guess. But, uh, no, I mean, if it's really hot in the summertime, I'll change it more because the bait seems to go bad faster. But it's, when it's cold water, if it's cold like it is, I'll leave it out there all day. I don't care. Do you change yeah, your baits? Do you change your baits with seasons? With your what, or is it the same all year long? In sometimes, sometime in the summertime, I prefer to use bluegill. Uh, I mean, I I'll take me a rod and go catch me a bunch of them, and uh, I, that, it's hard to beat bluegill for flathead. Uh, New school want to know you ever sleep out there on the boat? No, but I know somebody. <laughs> I, well, actually, I did. But I know somebody that does. He's in a coma. That he wasn't sleeping. He was in a coma. <laughs> I, went around, I went around his boat I knew he'd been out there and caught that big old giant flathead but I went around his boat four times blowing the horn nothing and he had a rod bent over in the water and I was sitting here thinking he'd fall off the boat and he'd get hurt and then I said anybody in that boat and I said it looks like JR's boat and I'm like well I hope it's JR's boat and they're going to think I'm crazy but nobody I'll, like 15 minutes all this noise I made nothing so I finally figured, well, here it goes. And I went, JR! And his head pops up. And I'm like, you all right? Well, that's nice of you to check on a man that's out there in the water. You never know. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just about, I mean, I'm serious. I'm not joking. But I couldn't figure out how to get to his boat because he had so many rods out. And I'm like, I got to figure out how to get over there. I'm just about ready to go waiting and go over there. I really thought something happened to him. If I would have real loud, I was going to go over there somewhere. Well, yeah, I mean, you you just never know. And David, I you know, as a fisherman, I appreciate you checking on another fisherman like that or anybody. You know, you see a boat and ain't nobody on it, and you don't see nobody swimming around in the water, or whatever. It's it, it's best to do that. Uh, yeah, and I feel. I mean, I fell asleep in mine down at night sometimes. You know, and. uh I'm wondering myself if I lay down, if I fall asleep here, people come over here and start messing with me like something's wrong, you know, the boat's in. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's what people think when they don't see a body. I don't know how you guys can do it. I can't sleep before I go fishing, let alone while I'm out fishing. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, Mark. Well, that big flathead, that I, I mean, that big old uh, blue that I caught down there, I'm sitting in the boat like this right here. I, I think I, I looked at my watch and from the time that I caught the fish and the time that I knew I'd dozing off was about an hour's time and I heard yeah, he woke me up and about broke my neck getting it, but I got him. Come flying up out of the seat. I mean, you get tired after that long sitting there. There you go. Well, Mark, we're a little over past halfway and uh, I talked with Lyle and I'm going to go ahead and start sponsoring this show with some of my floats and uh, I'll Tried to catch us at 8.30, but my problem, I had a crackhead pull up in my driveway down there and cut his lights out. 
Oh. That's why I jumped up and run out. So didn't mean to interrupt the show. But with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and spin here in chat. Everybody say hello or give you link or whatever. Get your names in here right quick, and we're going to do a spin. We, the first one we're giving away is going to be a blue Patriot Cat Bobber. So everybody get your names rolling in the Make chat. A comment in the chat so you're entered. Yeah. The more comments you make, the more uh, more odds of you getting picked. I got I got my red, white, and blue one sitting out here on the kitchen table that I had uh, that I had pulled out, got ready to go the other day. They can't get that one, but they can get a good one. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and oh, their hollows are rolling man down. Do. Cat man, do. Contact me on Messenger, or you can uh, text me at 704-600-8369. And, my friend, we'll have this in the mail to you as soon as you get your name and address to me. Thank you for watching Catfish Weekly, and appreciate you coming in and supporting us, my friend. All right, sorry about that. Didn't mean to interrupt you, Mark. That's all right, Kit. Uh, congratulations, Catmander. You're going to have a lot of fun with that bobber. If you ain't using them yet, you might just start using them a lot more now, so. Yes, sir. I'm going to get with uh, David Dunk with him today. He's going to take me out. It's time for me to get some good night footage with these bobbers, some takedowns and stuff, and some good day footage. And uh, he's on the water a good bit here lately, so hopefully uh, we can get some good stuff on him. Uh, now, David, I know you're like me and Mark and, and a lot of guys. We love chasing them flatheads, but from what I understand, you just like chasing fish. I when I when I when I anchor down, I fish for anything that comes around the boat. I mean, I like to set up where I can get crappies because when you fish in points, you're usually close to trees that are down around the bank too. And if you get that light out, you, like I said, perch and crappie and everything get under that light. And uh, yeah. I just sit there and catch other fish. But I've caught blues down there. I've caught some nice blues down there too. But I don't usually target them. I'm usually Pick him up while I'm sitting there trying to catch a flathead. There you go. So I usually catch when I'm fishing those points. I'll throw some out. I'll throw some out off the ledge in the channel, and then I'll throw some towards them rocks or them logs that I'm trying to fish around for them flatheads. And uh, I'll kind of spread them out a little bit. I'll let one hang straight down under the boat. Seeing some new names coming here tonight, Mark. I saw setting hooks. I see setting hooks and crossing eyes. It's my buddy Ryan from from locally. What's going on, Ryan? I see it, James uh, Alpog. Um, I apologize if I said your name wrong. KB Anglers in the house. Daniel Ishbel popped in here. Uh, if there's anybody else that just came there's in. a Dave, and I'm not even going to attempt to say his last name. Appreciate the blessings to all you catfishing people. Eminem Long Care, Kevin Baker, Brad Becks. Uh, guys, we appreciate it. Guys, like I said, if you see new names pop in, check them out. Share the love. Morales, Texas Fishing, if we haven't must, men, mentioned him yet, I see him in there. Cat Kings. Oh, we got a bunch of new people in here tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of your supporters. That's 88 people in chat. That's pretty cool. Uh, now, do you, David, do you ever, like you said, you don't fish mainly on the main lakes and stuff like that. But do you ever make a run up the lake and fish into the river sections of Lake Wiley? I do. Uh, 
not as much as I do down on some of those channels down. I don't I don't fish very far from the Belmont Inn actually because I'm out there at night and you know, if anything happens and I have to use a trolling motor to go back to the dock, you know, I don't get too terribly far away because there's plenty of fish around there. But yeah, I did work around the trussel. Uh, that, I posted a video the other day in that green boat of mine. It's where I call a big old uh, blue. He was caught right there near Bell's Landing. Right. And uh, but I used to fish up there more years ago when all those white bass used to run up there. That little sandbar used to run up yep. there. Stringers full of them. But I miss guys. If you ever get them white perch really start really producing in your lakes and you have a good population of white bass, go out and enjoy your white bass while you can because it don't take long and you'll start seeing less and less and less of them. Uh, they really, I don't know why they just decimate the white bass. They'd run up in Dustin Creek. I mean, you'd run up in Dustin Creek with the boat as far as you could go and just catch a hound out of it. Yeah, uh, good ones. Yeah, yeah the well, checks too. I used to sit right across from the landing there and cast off that ledge there at that first point. And with using rod and reel shrimp, and them channel catfish were big, long, and they were gray, more gray looking back then. Yeah, spots on them, they just look different. Yeah, I like them old big males. Them old big males get them old big heads on them and old ugly heads and stuff on them. Just good fighting fish. That's why I hate. I ain't gonna be able to go to Mendota with Mark and all them because I couldn't imagine getting on twenty plus pound channels. I would just road if you can. Oh, I'd be beside myself. We got we got to make that trip. Yeah, I think you should get get it done. I mean, it's not that far. I mean, you think about it. Where we live right here, we, we're circled with lakes. I mean, I can go in any direction. I can be on Rodius in 45 minutes. I can be on Norman in 30 minutes. I can be on Wiley in 40 minutes. Uh, I fish Mountain Island sometimes, too. I mean, you know, Matthew Anthony's joined us tonight. Appreciate you coming in, Matthew. Uh, David Ishmael has a question. I need an answer. I'm an old school fisherman, but I got a new depth finder. Your trans behind the your transducer behind the boat. Try to turn turn around and get the bait. Throw the cast net at nothing. Uh, <laughs> more than once I've had that to happen. You're reading the bait and then you throw and then they're gone. Best thing when you do and you see them like it is put that boat in reverse and try to catch back up to them. And when you when you see them, when you're in reverse and you're backing up to your bait, when you see them go under, run to the front of the boat and throw the net out of the front of the boat. That's about the best way to get them because they will get gone on you quick. What I do, and I'm not very successful at it, is I just <laughs> look at the bubbles my motor leaves and make sure I'm going right back over the same area if I go yes. to turn around and get the bait. If you spot, you spot lock with, with these new trolling motors and be still long enough, they'll come back under the boat. Yeah. Just sit there, just sit there and watch you grab them, and they'll just keep passing by. And so it really depends on what fish it is, too. Yeah. yeah. So, Dave, you mentioned spot lock, and I know you got the, that anchor set up. Uh, do you ever just spot lock in a spot, or do you anchor up because you're there for so long? I do when I'm bird fishing. I'm up north and catch birds. I'll spot lock on top of those birds. Mm-hmm. And just sit there and catch them. Uh, you know, if I feel like moving to a different spot, uh, you know, I'll move around with the, the remote. But I, that's remote. when I get the spot off my bait fish most time. I've crapped yeah. over some crappy too in their own brush. But. 
Yeah, that's oh, yeah. the way to do it. But when you, when I find when I'm catfishing that it's it's hard to anchor up with spot lock and keep your line steady for any period of time unless you're running a, a drift sock of some sort. That kind of helps. But yeah, I'm, I'm and then you got to have current. Maybe. Current. Yeah, you absolutely do. What model of light did you purchase? They want to know that light. Show that light because a lot of people come in after you showed the light. Yeah, Flint River was asking to, uh, and you showed it at the beginning. So if you want to show it right. again, I'm sure he'll. Uh, I think he actually knows which one it is, but he wants everybody yeah, he else does. to see. He was he with Big Nasty. Big <laughs> He had two of them in in route in my driveway. What kind, of, what kind of pole? What's the pole that's mounted on? Did that come with it, or is that something? Another pole, you can just twist it, lock it, and you get that thing twelve of your boat. And um, you know, and you can, um, and you can, and you can keep the boat like way up there. But and like for fifty bucks, you can't beat it. And I ordered an extra panel off of eBay for like eight dollars in case the panel ever burned. And you can buy a little remote with another little controller for it, like five ninety nine. dollars They work really great. I've never had one fail. I've got four of them. Very cool. But, and I'm sorry, you broke up for a second. Did you say that uh, pole came with it, or is that something yeah, that you, you had? Get, you get, well, you get a – if you get the right one on Amazon, 50 bucks, it's called, it's called a contact. It comes okay. in a little bag, and it's got – um comes with the remotes, comes with the battery hookup, comes with everything. Very cool. <laughs> I really like that. I'm definitely gonna have to look in it and get that. I like the idea of it being up there in the air and not down right blasting you in your eyes for the first part. Well, let alone before I had that, I had lights all over me, but since I got to that, you've seen pictures on my Facebook, my boat's lit up like a football. You don't need yeah. anything. Somebody said, if you don't mind, pull your camera loose and show them your boat right quick. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to do a walk around video on your boat and post it up. I'll show this to Matthew. Here's all that plants growing in there, Matthew. That I was talking about. But it's just uh, I don't know if you guys can see in it or not. Uh, messy right now for me fishing all night, but. It's pretty yeah, big. We can see it good. Got a 115 on it. Got live wells in the front, live wells in the back. Um, like I said, it's a mess because I just come back from fishing. There's another live well right here, and they self-aerate. If I if I hit the controls, they'll just aerate even when the boat's out of the water. Right. And it's got, yeah, it's got storage everywhere. And then I uh, put one of these steps right here on there. I don't know if you can see that step. Yeah, those are cool. That's definitely going on my next boat. I'm getting one of those. Well, yeah, I just get on it, just walk right up in the boat, you know, and it's no big deal. And, I, you know, I mean, because this boat's so high in the front, when I had first bought it, I went up to Lake Norman with it, and I had to use a rope to push it off the trailer and a rope to pull it back on the trailer. And then I fell in the river, and I'm like, uh, no, and I went and bought that. But... uh Yeah, you do, you're like me. You do a lot of fishing alone, so that's definitely going to yeah, help. You know, yeah. But this right here is what makes the aerators, you know, aerate themselves. Mm -hmm. They'll blow a bunch of bubbles in them, and that's about it. And my graph's not too fancy. It's just one of those hooks, that hook, hook fives or whatever, hook seven reveal. But, I mean. Now, does that have side scan, or are you just going with the 
regular I got, soda. I got down scan and just regular uh, maps and regular uh, dude. Regular, you know, just your regular fish finder. And you said that was a, a, a 17? Yep, 17. Yeah. And it's about eight and a half foot wide. You can see how wide it is. Yeah, it looks nice and wide. Yeah, it's got plenty of room. And that's why I bought it because these high sides, you know, I felt like I was safer and I wouldn't fall in the lake, you know, out there by myself. And uh, it just, uh, of course, you get that uh, catfish slime all over the carpet, which is a little bit here. And, and you're right, uh, James, if you get some catfish slime on that floor down there, you better wipe it up with a towel. You'll be on your butt. That's that new vinyl flooring, ain't it? Yeah, and my other boat that I had gotten rid of had that in it too. But if you don't wipe it up and you step on it and it gets good in the slime, uh, you get ready to go for a ride. Well, you might have to dang them go go to one of these like loads or something and buy you one of those cheap rugs and just roll it up and leave it in your boat or in the yeah. back of your truck. And then when you get there, roll it, unroll it, and throw it in the bottom of the floor. So when you're out there fishing, you don't do the two step out there before you hit the drink. Mm-hmm. You know, they sell those uh, bed rugs for pickup trucks. Those are pretty yep. durable and they're waterproof. So, uh, or you can just call get indoor outdoor carpet and cut yourself a piece to fit. And take it out. Yeah. And- Hose it down, you'd be good to go. Yeah. There's a ton of storage, you know, down in this uh, cabinet down here in the bottom. You can put a ton of stuff down there in that bottom section and all your rod storage. It's got a lot of room in it. I'm real happy with it. I mean, and, you know, for the money, you can't beat it. And Tracker does make a pretty decent boat. I mean, many years ago, they got a bad rap with some of their first boats they built, you know, and their fiberglass boats. But I, I've never had, I've had six or eight of them and never had any problem with them. It's a good-looking boat. Yeah. Well, and you know yourself, Mark and David, if you actually feel safe in that boat, you're more apt to go more often than if you don't feel safe. Well, another thing about it, too, it's real easy to load that boat on and off the trailer. Uh, It just, if you get it in the water just right, I can literally just drive it right up on there and walk right up front, walk down that step and just lock it and go. Very nice. On the back too, in case you fall in, there's a Latin uh, I know. on the back of it. It's like a welded platform, mm-hmm. right? But I really like it. I mean, it's, I'm really pleased with it. I, I definitely, I definitely feel safer. Now, is that a tandem or a single axle trailer? Well, it's just single axle. So single dish and a bunk. You got regular bunks, or are there roller bunks on there? There's regular flat roller bunks. Yeah, there's, there's four of them, and that's what makes it so nice. It, light, it, guides, it lines itself up pretty good uh-huh. on the boat, and that 115 just push it right up on push there. It right up on there. That's what's good. You know, I've had experience with some roller trailers, and you'll get it on easy, but it'll roll right back off if you quit. So you got to be careful with well, that's that. What I, do. I get up here in the front and roll off, and I bought one of those latches that when you drive up, it catches it. it catches it, yeah. yeah. I actually gave it to Big Nasty because uh, I'm not going to use it because this boat just doesn't slide backwards on me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, especially at the South Point boat landing, I've seen so many people unhook their boat and go to bite down that diagum ramp, and their boat end up on the asphalt. Yeah, that's pretty difficult, really, to do that, but they do it. Well, you know, and this summer's been terrible down there. I didn't fish as much this year as I normally would fish. Uh, everybody and their brother was down there. I went down there at 11 o'clock one night on a Saturday night in July, to put in and I just left because that was just there was like 20 people waiting to get out of the water in their boat in their playboats at 11 o'clock at night 
I just went. I couldn't, couldn't deal with it. Yeah. And, and and Saturday nights on Wiley, if nobody's ever been on Wiley on the weekend, can be very dangerous. It it really can. The the party the partiers and stuff like that, and they don't know that you drive on the right hand side of the road. They think they're still in England or something. They drive on the wrong side of the Dagum Lake too, and they don't care. They don't care. I, was down there, I come coming down the middle of the channel, you know, some of them people run wide open down through there. Yeah. Nighttime, you gotta be a little more careful. I've been around, I've had boats for 35 years and I saw like a silhouette or something. I'm like, what is that? And, and uh, so I slowed down and I creeped up to it and it, I heard somebody start laughing. And it was a guy and a girl all hugged up, him in you know, in one of them little seats you said in little cohorts. Like a little no. fishing feet that your feet dangle down. Uh-huh. They was all hugged up to each other in there, and I'm like, you know, you're gonna die out here. They were in the, they were in the middle of the channel out there, right before you get into South Fork. And their boat that was ain't a good back. place to be. No, and their boat was anchored back up near that island. I said, look, whatever you're doing, you need to go back to your boat. I said, because I, I, if I would be coming wide open down here and didn't know what I was looking at, I would have run right over the top of you about it. And they just like, Ugh. so, yeah. So, well, you got to watch, watch it down there in the summertime. It wasn't absolutely, yeah. Twenty five years ago, I could go to that lake, and, and after work, when I got off work at two thirty, it is during the week. You had the lake yourself, not like anymore. Yeah, I've had that lake to myself before, and had the boat go down about five miles away. <laughs> the boat landed in the and the wind blowing in the wrong direction. All you do is anchor down and hope somebody comes riding by. Cause uh, the day it happened, we didn't have cell phones and we didn't have ta- uh, pagers and we didn't have none of that good stuff that you could communicate with people. And of course, I didn't have one of the radios on the boat. You worked it out without it, though, didn't you? Yeah, luckily, as a bass fisherman come up through there, and I figured he was going to buzz right on by me and leave me sitting, but he didn't. He actually threw me a rope and pulled me four, about four, four and a half miles back down the lake. And, uh, you know, to this day, I, I appreciate that because I would have cooked out there. It was about 98 degrees in the summertime on a Tuesday. So yeah. they probably wasn't many more boats going to be coming up through there then. Mm-hmm. No, that's why I like to fish this time of the year. I, everybody kind of just scatters out and goes away. Agreed. It's a great time of year to get out on the water. You have it all to yourself. It's a little yeah. cold out here, but get out every chance we get. So, yeah. Well, until COVID hit, until COVID hit, you could go down there and fish at night. It wasn't that bad. But last year was just worse than I've ever seen it before. Cars five miles up the road. I mean, it's just terrible. This year was really bad. A lot of a lot of fishing didn't happen this year because of that. Yeah. Mark, you got any more uh, flathead specific questions for the man? I think we have him on here. Uh, maybe one. If uh, I know we have a lot of really good anglers in the chat, but for the couple that don't specifically target flatheads, what would be your advice to them? Uh, get some good fresh bait and, and use the bluegills. Um, I know some lakes don't use cut bait. They all swerve down. They won't eat them, but I use cut bait, and I usually use the head. And I try to get into quiet places where there's a lot of structure and, you know, uh, where there's a lot of places in Flathead like those rocks and trees. And uh, I would start out in some of the coves where it's kind of quiet on some of the points where there's ledges and stuff. And just if you can find some structure and, and 
and, and some deep water close by and just sit there and just try to fish there with it. That's where I would go if I did if I'd never done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and give it time, right? Don't get discouraged. Yeah I, know, yeah, I know Matthew picks a lot of them out in the channel with them drifting, you know, so they're out there. Mm-hmm. I've kept, I've, I've, but like that day, I caught five of them that day, you know, in a short amount of time. I was fishing a stump and, and some rocks out on that point in the ledge with a nice big cove off to the side. And I, you know, I just felt like those fish were going to pass through there and go up in that shallow water to eat. And I just sat there. Um, I, I catch more flatfish, flathead, waiting them out than I do moving around. Same here. Yeah. Head hunters, catfish head hunters want to know: Do you prefer to fish with current or no current if fishing a river? I like no current, but I mean, on Lake Wiley, that's about what you get: no current, unless it's been coming a month. And Lake Norman's so big; even when they are pulling water, you don't get no current. No, I know. I use ninety percent of the time if I'm down there fishing, and you don't see me out in the main lake, I'm in one of those coves somewhere. Uh, not coves, but creek channels up in the South Fork, uh, straight across from the Belmont Land, and I'll go up in that cove. I mean that creek channel and fish. <coughs> but I like fishing the points. But if I can find structure on a point up in those secondary creek channels, that's where I like to fish. Yeah, like I'm fishing, like I'm fishing for bass. Well, so flat flathead are what you're targeting, right? Because there's awful lot of blues out there in Wiley, if I'm not mistaken. But you're generally going after flathead. Yeah, I usually set up where I can catch the flatheads, and I throw out in further out into the channel. Mm-hmm. And you can see I catch a combination of fish, I, blues and flatheads. I pick up the blues too; they come up in there. Oh yeah, I mean, it seems cool. like on a lake the blues will orient to structure a lot more than what I understand they do on a river. Uh, and I mean, I don't know because I'm not a river fisherman, but it seems like the more videos I watch, the more that people really start targeting structure to chase the flatheads and not so much is for the blues. But on Wiley, we can catch blues on structure just like we can flatheads. So picking a good spot for a flathead, you're also probably picking a good spot for blues also. Yeah, because they're going to come up and down that channel yeah. in the deeper water, and you know they'll go around that point and up in the other channels. I mean, they, they move up and they come up in the shallow water. I mean, I sat over in that little cove crossing the Belmont Land, and some of the wily fishermen know I usually sit right out there in the opening of that cove a lot of times, and then blues going up in there to eat on that muscle bed. I've, oh, got, yeah. I've got some videos I can put out there where I've caught some big blues up in that cove. I've caught some monsters back here. Uh, I love it. Uh, the weekend angler wants to know circle hooks or J hooks for flatheads for, flat, for flatheads. I use nothing circle hooks for everything, and I use those catfish sumu heavy duty hooks. Mm-hmm. I got some eights and tens, but I really like I really like your hook. Uh, it's just a, it's just a really beefy, heavy duty hook. It's got a twist to it, and I've never. Does it, a, does it have a straight shank or a bent eye? Oh, it's bent. It's bent. Okay. Yeah, I can get it a little bit closer. I don't know how to help or not. But... Oh, there you go. That was That's great. kind of hard to figure out where that thing. Oh, here it is. There we go. There it is. <laughs> I don't hear where the camera is at. I don't hear where my fat head is. Yeah, your other left. 
That was rough. And I'm a computer guy. But, uh, no, I, I like their hooks. I mean, that's all I ever use. They, they're a little bit heavier duty than those cat, than those uh, gamakatsu hooks. And they just stay sharp. So, I, I like to use them. Whenever I use any kind of J-hook or anything, I wind up hurting fish when I do anything. It winds up getting deeper down in their throat, and I wind up throat hooking them. And, you know, I just don't like doing that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's never good. Yeah, I'm a gamba man. Yeah, and most well, of the gambas are small baits. I don't use a lot of big baits. Do I, you do you think flatheads find deeper holes to get in when it gets cold, or do they tend to stay out but but bury up? I've caught them in the winter time. I've caught them in the winter time in the same places. I've caught them in the summertime. I just it's just not as many. I mean, it's a lot longer wait sometimes, but I've held them in the same places. Right. Them, them two that I got into that day, you saw the video. The, it, the, I cast it on both sides of that stump, and them, them five heads came out of them stumps and slowly took that line. I waited too long on this one because you could barely see it moving. They picked up that bait and took it back into that stump pile. I've seen that in the daytime where I've had a bait maybe I don't know 40 feet outside of a outside of a big brush pile seen him pick it up and just head right back into the brush pile with it. it was the coolest thing I've ever seen that's something to witness if you ever see that yeah and the line was moving no more than the looked like the wind was blowing the string around yep now David, David they are asking about your YouTube channel I don't have one of those. Well, you probably gonna have to get one because you're getting a lot of people that's asking about that. They can find you on Facebook. I know that, but um, you might yeah, have to. You know, I never did have one in about. I was a bass fisherman for many years down there. I stopped fishing for about five years because I got so frustrated. And then I decided when I come back, I was gonna catfish because I could get away from everybody and go at night. And I started looking on YouTube, and that's how I found most of you guys. And the first one I found was Dieter. And I would watch him and his son live fish at night for flatheads. I mean, I watched, I watched him and his son catch flatheads, whatever they call. Right. I, I used to enjoy watching them when they'd go live at night. And uh, that's when I started meeting more of you guys, because I was like, all these guys are out on YouTube, you know. And then I went on your show, and then all of a sudden I got all these fishermen on my Facebook page now. Yeah, just uh, if you want to set one up, just give me a holler and uh, we'll we'll walk you through it and uh, figure you out. It's something fun. It's somewhere to I look at it as I'm not going to try to be a big YouTuber, but it gives you a place that your grandbabies one day will say, "Well, look at there, I can watch Paw Paw." Yeah, I got. He might be gone now, but I can see him now. You know. Yeah. And family members can go and and be part of your life that they might not get to join you in. Uh, uh, I got a lot of veteran friends, and you know this, David, that that can't fish, they can't get out, and they live vicariously through us. Uh, so uh, don't forget, guys, to say hey in your videos once in a while to them. Uh, and even in here tonight, I promise you, there's probably about ten that's watching. That's not in chat, but they come in, they watch and, and learn from us. They used to love to go, used to love to go with their daddies and their grandpas and stuff, and they no longer can get out. 
So uh, always uh, throw a hand up. Make sure you fly the American flag on your boats, guys. Uh, make them feel good because they do watch us. They do give you support. They might not say hey, but they give you watch time on your videos. Uh, they out there giving you support. And plus, they supported us to be free to do this fishing. Absolutely. Uh, uh, we're back to the end again. Uh, let's do another roll. I got a pink one to give out tonight, guys, uh, uh -huh. guys and gals. Light it so up in check, so if you want to be entered. There you go. We're going to spin her up. We're going to spin her up. We'll, we'll let I'll her tell roll. you what. Let's tell Lyle to go ahead and jump back in here. Lyle, join us in here and let you spin it up. Hey, guys. What's I don't going have on? The, uh, I can have to pull everything up right quick. It's going to take me a minute. Well, if you if you don't feel like messing with it, we can spin her out right here. You know what? I ain't done nothing but sit here and enjoyed you guys visiting with uh, with David. So I think I can probably find it. I just got I haven't done it in a while. I got a message a while ago about being on at the beginning of the show and and not doing this and not having the link right. Kevin sent me the link to get the the look for the three of you that I was looking for, and Betty sent me a message says. Didn't think you was ever gonna get that. Well, I forgot how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it is what it is. But I'll come over here to this other computer and and jump that up there. I, I enjoyed doing this, and and I can't thank um, Mark and and James and David for the great show we had tonight. Man, it was awesome. Thank you again oh, yeah. for having me. It's great to be it's here. I feel like I'm talking to a bunch of pros and I'm just kind of like preaching to the choir. But. Hey, you know what? We're just everyday guys like you and, and everybody else in here. We're, We're just, up here because we like to talk about it time and time again. Yeah. Never it's the truth. You know, um, if anything, you know, it confirms what you're doing is right. When other people are doing it successfully, it's absolutely validation. It's a great thing to, to share with people. The thing that Doc and I always talked about was that all we wanted to do was help people catch more fish. There you go. I tell you what I did the other day down the lake. I came in in the middle. I came in like three o'clock in the morning and everything fishing. And I'm like, they said you catch any fish. And I know some of you guys have heard this. I'm like, yeah, I used to catch a few. I said, what y'all fishing for catfish? Because I'm getting ready to put my boat on the trailer. The guy catches a perch on a worm and he's fixing to throw the perch back in the water. And I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. I walked over to the other side of the dock there at Belmont Landing and I saw he had like open faces. He said he had 30 pound line on there. And I gave him a couple, I showed him how to cut them up and what and how to put them, how to use them. Right. And I gave him a couple perch out of my line well and he put his little book and I said, cut them up in pieces and Throw them out there, and I said, just don't let your rod lay there on the deck, on the dock like that. No. <laughs> I tr trust me, David, before they put them on metal docks, I could not tell you how many rods and reels I've seen people lose off of them docks right there in South Yeah. yeah. I, I, said, I said, you put that cut bait on there. I said, you better put your leg on something. But, I, you know, I don't know if they caught any fish or not, but I think they learned something about the bait, you know. You know, don't throw the they, perch. That's bait. You know, not that little worm, chicken liver stuff. They um, uh, <laughs> they are some good fish caught off that landing. Well, you seen what in January, last of February, last of January, first of February, I caught that thirty-five off the bank down there. So oh, yeah. there's a bunch they, of uh, bank down there this uh, Friday night. Yeah, 
I have everybody loaded up that's in chat. I heard somebody was going to try turkey out last week, and I'm like, you got to be with turkey now? I didn't work out too well for him. You see what I did with the big old fishing hook when somebody posted a picture of a turkey? I found that big hook about that big. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get one of them for my garage. Oh, there you go. Thank you for missing me. I appreciate that. All right, David, pick me out a number between one and five, and that's how many times we'll randomize this choice. You want a number between one and five? Yes, sir. Three. One. Two. And three. And the winner is Fishing and Cooking with Mike Chavez. All right, Mr. appreciate Mike. it, Mister Mike. All right, but yeah, Mike watches a lot of our shows. Yes, he yes. does. He doesn't fish as much as when I first started watching him. But man, does he cook up some good-looking stuff! Yeah. He's he's back at it. He just put a new trolling motor on his boat. I think I he did put the video recently. So he's a super nice guy. Does a lot of cool stuff for a lot of people on YouTube. Makes some great videos. And if you haven't checked Mike's channel out, you need to go do it. Because he's a great guy. David, man, you shared a lot of cool information tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, wish I could have been in there. But I can, I'm still typing mostly left-handed, so when I have to answer questions or something, it takes me forever to get that done. But I've been there before. I know what you mean. Dude, you was in good hands tonight with these guys. They, they was on it, you know, and they still – the two of them's all over my Facebook page, so they kind of know what I do. So yeah, I, I watch you. I follow you a great deal. You're on there too. Yeah, I know you see that. I like your stuff and watch your watch what you do. But uh, I like I say, I'm carried away and post too much. But well, <laughs> I know ever since that you was on James's show, I wanted to uh, I wanted to get you on here because of the amount of information that that you shared on there. And I knew there was more, uh, and there was more, and we got a bunch of that tonight. Thank you so much for that. Uh, it, it, it made the show great, and you're probably going to get hit up to be up on a bunch of these other shows, and so be that. Uh, I, I'm sure that you have enough information to go around with everyone. Yes, uh, and appreciate you showing us your bait tank and stuff like that. I'm sure that answered a lot of questions for people. Yeah, it's uh, not that difficult to set one up. Uh, and the only thing I recommend everybody do is take the time to do some kind of biological setup because it's not that expensive to add that. you got to put the pump somewhere. And, right. You know, a tubeware tank like that is not that expensive. Uh, the rock is not that expensive. You know, uh, use them filter socks because they filter out a lot of the trash and keeps it out of your pumps and if you take the time to do that, what's in here will, you know, of course, they live so well, I have to feed them occasionally. Uh, but yeah, that's all right. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they, they'll live for quite a while, but I kind of hate to starve them to death, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah I, I do too. And I, I have, I've kept them a long time alive in boat, boat live wells. They'll still live a long time with that. But you got to give them something to gnaw on once in a while. Yeah, they, they're not as good. Once, once they've been in there for a while, if you're not looking after them, they're definitely not as good a bait. Mm -mm. So, and what I feed them is, is this dried insect treats. Uh, it's got like, there's like crickets and dried mealworms and everything in there. Mm. What I found out with that is, is it don't 
it don't seem to put as much waste in the water as if you you know you start feeding the minnows and everything else. Yeah. Nice. And Norm says throw them throw me some worms. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, hey, well, I decided right now I want to go fishing. I don't need to, I don't need to go find bait. I give you a dozen perch out of there, a couple crappy, throw them in the boat. I'm down, I'm gone. Well, and that's awesome because a lot of times getting good quality bait deters people from going, especially if they got to throw a cast net when it's zero or 30 degrees outside, the wind's blowing. Nobody wants to stand out there in that crap and try to throw a cast net or catch bait on a trip where you're, all you got to do is dip them up. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and if you Especially keep when that, you cramp for time. You know, right. if you got to say, well, I got four hours to go out today to blow. I'm going to go see if I can catch a few cats before I got to go back to work. You can reach in there, scoop you up a few baits, and you're ready to rock and roll. And you love to get down there and can't find a freaking bait for nothing. That's right. And then you end up going back home without even wetting a hook. You can, yeah. usually, find, you can usually find the perks. They're pretty easy to find, but it just... For you... Well, but if you're going, we go. We go out and do the bobber fishing. Go to catch the birds. But being that cotton picking fish don't get along for nothing. Well, I, they're easier to catch on Norman. On Norman, you have to run from. They're everywhere. Right. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that, Lyle. I about made you spit that now, didn't I? You did. You did. I, I thought that was quite funny on my end. It sure was. You can keep a lot of fish in that tank if you do the biological right to where, you know, you, if you don't do any biological, you just fill it up with water to throw a pump in there and self-contained, you might keep a dozen fish in there and pour the water in. The water will get bad on you, but if you do a good filtration, I've got 60 fish in there. Wow. And, it, wow. and and I got that crappy in there and everything else. And I, I'm telling you, they probably live for months and months and months, and maybe longer if I feed them. I check so you, yeah, I you're check doing something right because most people cannot keep that many fish in that size of tank. Real quick question Is your garage temperature controlled even in the summer? No, no it's, it's really well insulated in here when I so it stays I, cool. And if, if, if it warms up during the day and I keep the doors down, it, it might get down to 60 in here. But now I've got a heater in that. So well, I'm, not, I'm talking about like the dead of summer. That's my biggest problem with where my bait tank is. Oh, it well, gets too hot and they're, they, they don't they don't do well in the heat. That's air conditioning right there. Perfect. All right, got you. But I've got it so insulated and the ceiling's got insulation that thick in there. Mm-hmm. Even without running, it, it, it don't get that hot in here. Now, we've got the doors open, it does, but if we keep the doors closed, I haven't. I mean, the hottest I've seen Mark, in the summertime is about 75. Mark, what can help you? If, you got a concrete floor in yours, right? Yeah, absolutely. Find you a corner over there the furthest away from the door. Go get you about 100 foot of that old black plastic pipe. Leave it. It's already rolled up in a coil. Spread it out flat on that concrete floor. Pump your, run your pump through it, and just throw you a couple cardboard boxes on top of it, and let that pipe lay flat on that concrete floor. Understand what I'm saying? Yep. That concrete floor is always cool. Yep. And, and think, that will help a little bit. And I don't think the heat's going to be that. Is, is as big of a problem as you think as long as you keep the water circulating good and keep good oxygen in there. Because if you think about it, I mean, I've been down Lake Wiley fishing and the water would be 94 degrees 
and then fish are fine. But now I think what hurts them more is the fluctuation in the temperature a lot. Temperature, yeah. that makes if sense. Fluctuates real fast, then they get then it's not yeah. good. They get up to eighty degrees in there, and it stays eighty degrees, and you got plenty of oxygen water movement. I don't think it would hurt. David setting hooks and crossing eyes wants to know how long you can keep shad alive. He and it is he can keep them alive. I don't, I don't, I don't even I don't use shad. I don't change shad. I don't throw a net. Okay. Hey, I'm not running. These perch and these crappies work just as good. I'm not gonna run around. Like I said, I'm lazy. I don't get out and drift. I don't throw nets. <laughs> Flint Hill, they're not mine. <laughs> <laughs> if, I up late, if I go up late going and catch 60 or 70 perch and throw them in here, I'm good. I'm going out there and do all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, well, I, maybe I'll catch more fish if I did. I don't know. Well, bad I'm, shoulders, Lyle, I'll tell you, throwing that net with bad shoulders ain't fun, is it? Well, I, it's I, I a long time I, like I said, I don't want to work hard to catch my fish. There you go. Hey, you know what? As many and the size of fish that you're catching, it don't matter how you're doing as long as you just keep doing it. Bluegills <laughs> and crappies. <laughs> I wish Seems we to be working. We can use bluegills, but we can't use crappie over here. But uh, James, James just kills me, and he talks about using largemouth bass to catch them because ain't nothing I'd rather make a video out of whacking up a big a largemouth bass I, using a bait and watching these guys up the lake cry. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, you ain't we ain't supposed to chop them up. Uh, you know, like David said, if I can get a bunch of, you know, eight to twelve inches, I I'll take my fillets off of them. And a lot of because you got to keep the carcass so they can measure them. Well, one thing I don't know, know never, one thing I've never been clear about, and Deer probably knows the answer to it, probably. But you're allowed to keep two bass undersized, and you have five. Well, right. if they're allowed to be undersized, why do you have to keep the carcass for those two? If that's all you got? I know, I'd chop them up. Tone, tone, tone. So if they do come to check you, what you got is a head. Well, I don't. The only thing left in my bait is the tail. I use everything. But if it's a bass tail and I'm allowed to have two under 14, 14 inches or whatever, or whatever, any size, what difference it make? That's right. I ain't nothing me take that daggum big old mallet and take a two pound bass and say, Choom! Cut that head off that son of a gun and throw it out. Or this guy's killing me. <laughs> I think it's way, I think North Carolina law for crappy is ridiculous. I mean, you're going to play the thing and use it to bait, but you waste all that other fish. Yeah. But what I'm saying, even if you don't, if you're taking all those crappy home to eat, they would prefer you to take them heads and throw them out in the woods for something to eat out there in the woods and not allow you to use them to fish with. Well, that's another advantage of fishing at nighttime in the dark. At 2 o'clock in the morning, there's nobody out there. <laughs> now, we're not encouraging anybody to break the rules and regulations in your state or in your waters. We are telling you things that we might do. <laughs> I'm not either, but before it starts turning daylight in the morning, I start pulling up some of my lines and switching out bait then. So, I've used those crappy heads. I know I'm not supposed to. But, 
you know, it only makes common sense. It, it what is the crappy on Wiley? Got to be eight inches. Yeah, they, yeah, I think. If you can't look at a body of a crappy and say that's an eight-inch crappy, something's wrong with you. Somebody's just being so picky and asinine, they just out to look to write a ticket. So that's the kind of way I look at it. But I don't ever see them at night. If, if there's no game, I mean, I know I'm not telling people to break the law. I'm just saying at night, I have never seen one down there at night. You're on I mean, weekend angler. This is hypothetically. <laughs> yeah, right. and I'm, and I'm I don't do it that often, but this, I'm, I, I've done it from time to time. I've cut up a crack in the head sitting there, and I'm like, I, thought, I put it on the hooks. I mean, I don't understand it right. I mean, if you can throw them off in the woods, why can't you use them as bait? I don't understand it. You're going to eat the fish. You know, that's the way I do my brim if I catch good brim. I'll take you know, I have a baggie. I'll cut the head off of it, use the head for bait, put the body in a baggie, and it's going home to be cooked. Why can't you do the same thing with crappy? Of course, crappy brim, you don't have a legal length or whatever, but still, you know, whatever. Well, guys and gals, we do appreciate you joining us on Catfish Weekly tonight. I've had a blast, Lyle and David oh, and Mark. Man. It has been a lot of great information, some good laughs. Uh, David, we'll dang sure do this again. Maybe catch you one night when you dang sure going to be out on the water. Uh, and look forward for the videos, guys, because David's going to take me out. We're going to put these bobbers to work. I've got to get some video, Lyle, of these bobbers disappearing under the water. I see you got the man, the right man for your shows. Maybe you can do it live on one of your shows one night. We can do that. That we'll watch that. Absolutely. That would be great. Uh, David, thank you so much for being a part of our show tonight. And James, thank you for donating the bobbers for giveaways. We appreciate it so very much. We've had a great show with a lot of a lot of participation in chat. Mark, it's a pleasure always to have you on here to help us out. Yes, you know, and I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for us the last few weeks. And um, we may have you back on next week. We'll see. I don't know. What we've got going for next week yet? I, I kind of slacked off on getting people set up, but um, I got some names lined up for us. I'm okay, sure to help, my friend. Oh, I'm gonna get, get one of them hats. Uh, <laughs> I like to have one of the catfish and crappy hats. That's what I fish for all the time. We we can we can get you set up. You just contact me here, and I'm learning and support a Palmetto catch. You know, well, you know, Kevin's a good supporter of all the channels, so there's no big problem with that you know he uh he does a lot of good things for the sport so we're 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 good with that um, yep. we're just thrilled that you you took your time out on a monday night heck you could have been watching monday night football or whatever else is on tv but don't get him started loud don't get him started i'm not watching yeah, I understand. I really do. But thank it's you. So much. I won't go there because it's a fishing show. I don't watch it. I, I go fishing and I go do stuff that I'm <laughs> Well, Kevin says to tell you thank you for wearing that shirt. And like I say, it's all good with us. We all yes. appreciate it. And uh, I am I'm quite sure that there was a whole bunch of people in chat that enjoyed the information that you shared with all of our viewers tonight, because it was some really good information. Absolutely. 
I'm just I'm kind of a lazy fisherman. I like fishing points where there's structure and shallow water and a deep channel. If I can find those four things and the wind's blowing in my face, I'm good. Well, I like I like structure. I, I love structure. I don't care what it is. A lot of people don't like being in the wind, but that wind blows all that bait right in. If you're sitting near a cove and wind's blowing it into the cove, you go in there and look at all the bait that's in there. That's right. That's exactly yep. right. Yep. All right, James, you want to close us out for the night? Thank y'all, everybody, for joining us on Catfish Weekly. Mark, I enjoyed it. David, Lyle, of course, as always. But that being said, God bless you. God bless America. Make sure you make sure you shake a hand of a veteran, a police officer, a paramedic, or a firefighter. They out there on the front lines for us, guys. God bless. And we'll see y'all Wednesday night on Patriot Catfish. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. everybody.